about to be a completely unreliable asshole. What is happening, Tim? I'm the devil, Ryan. And what is happening, everybody? Everybody out there listening to episode 65. Yes, this is episode 65 of Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan, we dismember, aka discuss, aka pick apart, aka just, you know, talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy about a horror film. How do we find our horror films we watched him? Well, sometimes we just take it from lists of quote unquote (laughs) good or the best horror films of all time. Those quotes get bigger as we go along, right? Sometimes it's just things that we knew we wanted to watch and we threw in the hat. And sometimes it's things that you suggested we uh, watch and throw in the hat. So our favorite. Yeah. And unless, unless it's uh, fucking Arnold. Well, it's our favorite process. (laughs) Not our right, favorite right. films. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good It's good that we got Arnold from somewhere you know so I can go hunt him down and kill him. Yeah. And I still think Thanks, about Peter. that film. <laughs> for yeah. better and worse. Right. Um, <laughs> so at least it provided something. Anyways, we're here today to talk about our oldest film we've talked about. Is this truly our oldest? Yes. Wow. There are, and there are a lot of right. horror films that are older. Yeah, we did some stuff in the 30s. Yeah, can I quiz you? Do you know what our oldest film was until now? Oh, man. Um, well, old ones we've seen are like The Black Cat. Ding, 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 okay. ding. <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> How about our, our now third oldest film, which used to be our second oldest film? Uh, we did The Black Cat and, oh, what was the other one? Um cat people ding ding ding, ding. yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> so good so uh 30s and um early 40s were our previous ones now we go to the 20s who would have thunk it tim no really i know i know but this is one uh coming off the heels of the magical hat pull <laughs> right fuck <laughs> that was cool well the, with tim i think it's appropriate that we had a little witchcraft that's right um <laughs> Help us choose this film. I'd wanting to be, if you listen in when we picked this film last episode, I'd been wanting to listen to this. In fact, I'd wish I had picked it instead of Trench 11. I was, I kind of wanted to like watch it in October, you know, Mm, for our, the witchy season. And I was thinking it the whole time, you know, but we were watching psycho movies. And then when it was Tim's turn to pull, I recommended a movie from the twenties. Yeah. Well, what? Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh, right. And I think right. That, that added to your desire <laughs> to pull. You yeah. Know. This was the film I really wanted Tim to pull, and he did it. So thanks. I still don't quite understand how that happened. Because amazing. we were meant to. Yeah, I and guess so. I think I think you're good at... Um, how, how would I say it? Manifest uh, destiny. <laughs> you're... Yeah, you're... <laughs> You're, you're the the glue that holds wow. everything together, Tim. I am sticky. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. On that note, what's next? How do we get into our film Hexen here? So I, I wanted to see if we could make a clarification because I was curious how you pronounce this. It's Hexen. It's 
It's come on, computer. No, I, I just told. I've looked it up too. It's Hexen. I want to hear the computer say Huxon. it. Oh, <laughs> Hexon. Oh, Hexon. Hexon. Oh, <laughs> cool. Hexon. Hexon. Today. All right. All right. All right well, cool. okay. 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 We got okay. We got to start with our trailer, <laughs> which. Um, well, <laughs> that's right. All right. And, uh, <laughs> okay. And I'll, I'll say it one more time to lead us into the trailer. Say it with me on three, two, one. Huxon. As far as I could find, that was like the official trailer. I'm guessing maybe it was for like the 2001 mm. release. Um. There is so much in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm. Fuck. <laughs> I'm sure there's many, many essays on it. I was looking. I mean, I think. Maybe not out like published, but I mean, yeah. just film essays from film schools right i was oh oh got it it's been you know what yeah. i mean like <laughs> assigned for i wish we had it assigned to us in film school but at the shit. same time i'm happy to discover it now and yeah uh speak our <laughs> essay aloud find our thesis <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> um and that was a good i mean for for you listening that was merely a piece of music i mean right. since it's our silent film but i think it set the mood it does nonetheless it's definitely my favorite tune in the movie dance macabre mm, so good yeah all right well we start off with our rating system where we tell ourselves would we tell ourselves to avoid it stream it rent it or buy it i'd buy it i'd buy this like the cri- the new criterion blu-ray is crazy yeah it came out just a couple weeks ago yeah um it's just so nuts like for the, I think, you know, I have this thing often when I, you know, you see film or like the idea we have of the culture around the arts, or at least that I have sometimes of like the early 1900s or like late 1800s is that it's kind of dorky or cheesy or like just kind of uh, lowbrow. And I forget that, like, it's the same. Like, it's not that long ago. No. At all. Right. I get it. And, and, like, the technology didn't necessarily allow for it to be slick or, or quote, unquote, sort of cool and modern, whatever. Um, but when you think about it, like, they're, they're thinking about and feeling the same shit. Yeah. And this, I think, has a lot of that, like, maybe it's the culture around what was acceptable to, like, put out there 
that gets kind of like well it was the, like the edges get kind of they could shaved put out down. more than they could like 20 30 years later well, or whatever that's for sure right <laughs> right this was actually you're right this was a surprising to me remembering that this is pre code yeah like they do like they they're fucking like hanging a dead baby over a cauldron like it's fucked if they, they put it in the cauldron yeah <laughs> it's like holy shit <laughs> right but like there's that realization of like and and this is true i think you see it more or realize more in like quote unquote high art mm-hmm. you know that that shit was you know amazing um but it's like film at the time i don't think was quote-unquote respected or yeah. like thought of as like you know well, a it, high it did really thing. well at the box office at the time I and fucking it was <laughs> can you imagine wait so is all okay, that sorry you, all that's the... all to say that you should like i would buy this to like yeah. kind of be transported back to a time where like they were exploring the shit but like with some of the best like artistic brain to like wrap around yeah. And do shit that's wild. Like, witches are flying on brooms in this. <laughs> well, you could also... That's fucking amazing. The, um, I agree with you completely. And at the same time, there's something, though, that does put them in a unique position as far as being made, as far as, like, the, you know, 1919. It was released in 22, but made, mm-hmm. you know, the years leading up to it. As far as they are just that much closer to the source material in a way. So whatever oh, imagination yeah. is on display, even though for them there was still a distance, for us it can become that much more powerful because it's all just old stuff. Right, right. Um, I, I, you know, watching it, and this could have just been like first time watching, I was thinking at times just because you know it is like watching a silent film that's two hours can feel a little long yeah. and some of my segments were you know like the standouts versus the others there's mm-hmm. yeah seven segments but like after sitting on it and watching the trailer just the imagery alone yeah makes me like proud to have it on my shelf so i was i don't know I, and i've been feeling so like we've had I don't know, you know, after wanting to buy all the Psycho movies and saying <laughs> yeah. it to the lighthouse felt like maybe I have to offset it. But I don't want to regret it. So I'll say buy it for now, too, especially <laughs> with that beautiful <laughs> Blu-ray release. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I agree. I know what you mean. It is a lot. Like, yeah. it, I, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do but you like, want to do a summary? Yeah. Okay. I was just going to set something to do. Uh, I feel like I'd probably end up wanting to watch every two or three Halloweens, though, you know, or October. Right, right. That's, yeah. That's why. I well, certainly it's a fucking amazing movie to have on at a party. <laughs> that's probably Can more you imagine, the. Imagine uh, like the fucking. That's just plain. And like every time you look over, you're going to see one of the, those images. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> we'll throw a, a hexen party one year. Yeah. We can Ugh. afford it. um okay sorry summary yeah well as i said seven parts and the cool thing about this film i didn't know going into it is it's a half documentary half um docudrama Mm -hmm. i suppose but the docudrama parts are sort of large enough portions that are you know kind of have an ongoing story to them yeah and as well are self-contained that um I don't know. It feels like it is plenty narrative too, in a sense. Yeah. 
Um, so, but so, but it starts off with a first one that's pure, just kind of setting the stage of here's our here's here's the history we know it, and then as as far of as witches, as, yeah, imagery of witches. Um, a lot of, tied to how ancient people would sort of tie the idea of witchcraft and um, demons to uh, disease, mm, mm-hmm. and sort of maybe that was the early sort of powerful metaphor it all arose from was sort of attributing disease to to this stuff which is interesting because then that's kind of the end note too that we're still there in a lot of ways yeah um and then we get into what the second section i'm I'm seeing if there's any way to avoid going section by section yeah well i i'll tell you how to avoid it you don't remember which section is which (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's where i'm at (laughs) there's um there's it's like one of them jumps back i think it's the first one jumps back to the f- like the 1400s 1440 something i want to say well there's the whole thing of the like witch trials that's that one that's yeah the, that i think is the second one right well i don't know it might be the third it's, one it's it's them going after the it sort of is like here's a sort of average day in the witch's mm-hmm. home and she makes the love potion for her oh, friends oh right 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 yeah that's first and then the one where they're like well, they, there's and, a family yeah and then and the one that gets into um that's my favorite is the woman apollone's dream sequence where she goes up to the castle um and then that's when it feels like the last couple kind of get into the whole more witch trials like them mm-hmm. abducting the witches and forcing them to Dude. confess to yeah. something and drowning all that good stuff um all the while still incorporating um cutaways and imagery too satanic beings yeah and uh babies getting taken away and what are just some others i forget the little stories going on in there there's the whole like ceremonial stuff in the forest yeah um kissing the the devil's butt Um, (laughs) what's the one like the person on the bed and they're gonna pour it looks like so that's the beginning of the witch trial one mm-hmm. because that's remember they said there's sort of this inquisition type thing going on where like you know clergy dudes go around kind of like fishing out for witches yeah and so that dude is a clergyman and, and the whatever the man of the house is ill and they do a a cool ceremony of which is fucking freaky as hell they take boiling lead and put it in a little ladle and wave it over the sick guy. Ooh, that's really dangerous. I thought he was going to pour it on. I was so we freaked both out. Did, yeah. I was like, no way. Uh, and then they toss the the lead into water and however whatever form it takes as it cools and hardens. He then reads it in quotations and then it's like there's a witch around. Yeah. The next person you see is a witch and she sees, you know, uh, a and then, peasant who has come in. And then so the ending is kind of all on this note of we jump back to, you know, the the filmmakers sort of talking like first person, like uh, gives demonstrations about the real life torture devices yeah. they used and then sort of ends on a note of making comparison to like mental institutions nowadays. Yeah. And and specifically what was called like the 
quote unquote condition of I'm going to quote unquote all day the condition <laughs> of hysteria in yeah. women, right? So what was which was the modern sort of right whatever and what as far as if that's the like there's also the nuns story right so what was the ending what was like the culmination as far as the narrative or, or the um yeah the 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 fiction pieces I guess based on events you know what I'm saying yeah it just I don't like, know how to wrap that around I mean it's like they're sort of saying that it, I mean a lot of it's basically saying like women. Are, are fucked up. Well, no, I, I guess I meant the um, if the if the last section, section seven, was what I just described. I forget like how the the sixth one ends and culminates. I thought the sixth one was the one. Oh my god, that's not the nun one. Now I don't remember. There's a whole fucking one with just like nutso shit with the devil and and like the devil in the forest and. The pig, the pig guys and the little, oh, yeah. the little, the gremlin like claymation dude that comes out. That whole section was just fucking out of this world. Yeah. But I don't really, I can't really remember exactly what was going on. I well, was just sort of transfixed with the images. Exactly. Same here. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. Yeah. On a first viewing, especially. Um, But, you know, I think the overarching theme is, is kind of woke in a way of like <laughs> he said it folks you know it's like we've been hanging women out to dry forever and it's bullshit yeah but then it comes with the hysteria thing then i kind of was like wait are they are they saying that it's legit that women are hysterical it's and women and again like mentally yeah um, I don't know what's the, what's the uh, phrase to say. I don't know, uh, mentally d- differently Ill. abled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's some interesting stuff about and it looks the, like the point of view of that. And it was the nuns like one that was the very last one before part seven mm-hmm. of like the nun coming out with a knife and then look at the still of the devil like threatening. Yeah, it just starts to, to get nuts. <laughs> I like the nun one a lot. Yeah. It was good. Um, I mean, all of them are good. I, yeah. Should we get into yeah, why it's also it. yeah. good? Yeah. <laughs> per our first what section. What summary that was. <laughs> like anyone in anything, we're just here doing our best. All That's right. True. First section, what worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> I mean, let's just get it out of the way. The devil is the greatest thing ever. Yep. That dude, if I don't go as that dude for Halloween next year, I have made a huge mistake you in my life. get it right with the fingers and everything. I know. <laughs> I got to gain about 20 pounds. No, you just kind of, you know. Just puff it out. You work with what you have. <laughs> he has the best face. Yeah, well, just so, just he, does it so well. This is like, this is like comedy gold too. Before, I'm sure they, I, well, I don't know how much of this they were sort of trying to be funny about it. I mean, I think to a certain degree it was purposeful. Well, I don't think it's funny, but it's that there's such, 
they were doing a good like with kind of devilry and witchcraft mm. that for me is associated like a lot with kind of where the movie mother goes of kind of an adulterated um not like revelry i don't know mm. if that's the right mm-hmm. word but just sort of eschewing your your sort of any like care for anything else and only directing to kind of a selfish yeah um yeah i get revelry so it's like yeah. that devil's performance it's that's why that's how I'm, what I'm getting at is why there's a certain amount of fun yeah in their performances because that's about it like in how he is kind of shot like he likes he pops into frame a lot which is fuck it's just funny well see that's i love that devilish right it's like <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah okay. it really is i used to get accused of being devilish I think, by like my grandparents. Yeah. You little devil. What? That kind of shit. That's why, <laughs> Can why, you imagine? Why you got to be him next Halloween, as you said. <laughs> yeah, I wrote in our What Worked notes. Yeah, boy, did we love that devil. <laughs> so It's amazing. just so good. Um, yeah. His... I mean, the design is nuts. The, the, like, I don't know if you can call it, is it costuming or makeup? Both, what? yeah. It's all of that shit the pig head guys the the weird other devil thing that's sort of the on the cover it's got like this sort of slit eyes it's the like gargoyleish one fuck that's dude. incredible like really just yeah really powerful disturbing imagery honestly and it's i think this is sort of the point i was trying to make earlier about why i i'm a buy is that like thinking about the time in the world and like making that shit and being and and putting that out, it's like that's really intense art mm-hmm. that is very very specific and very well done. And you can tell that it came from too. What works so well is the filmmaker Benjamin Christensen just inundated himself with you know the books available yeah. on all this stuff, and they're seen in the film a lot. He takes out his little like I pen- love pencil so and kind of gives us a little at things. Yeah, yeah. here it is. Here's yep. that devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I I think you and you can you like you could just go, which I did, like go online and. You know, you look up, how did we say it? What? Hexen? Hexen. 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 <laughs> um, and you just go to images and it's like every fucking <laughs> one of them is nuts yeah. in the best way. And it's like, I in a weird way, I almost forgot as the movie went along how incredible each little set like image yeah. is. The witch's den. Because you're just in it. Right. But holy fuck, you pull it back up and it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Um, so sh- that, it really is impressive to me. My whole favorite, um, I already kind of mentioned it in the summary, my favorite sequence and just imagery wise and everything was, I don't know how you say the name, Apollone, Apollone A. Apollon's sure. dream castle, I'll call it. I think it was the second or third segment mm-hmm. where, um, remember, it's where she first gets like uh, dropped all the, like wakes up to being covered with gold coins or whatever. Oh my God. And then they all they, disappear uh, from her. And then that but, must have blown people's <laughs> minds. Yeah. Can you fucking imagine? Like movies didn't exist. Like moving pictures were like brand fucking new. And suddenly you're watching this shit. 
<laughs> yeah. And coins are fucking disappearing. And, how about, like, and then that's the same oh sequence my. where like the stop motion little little devil that, creature that. comes you, I, out of the door. This must be the, your most favorite thing on the planet. It was great. I love that one. <laughs> that's uh, right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote stop motion bird demon. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, and then just leading into it were just the exteriors of the castle too. It felt so dream like yeah. in how just it looked and was sequenced accordingly how it was plotted but then why i said you were talking Shoot. about having weird dreams last night right before oh, we started yeah. recording tim i said hold that thought um how are you what were you describing was like the fear point or the kind of like uh, kind of it, it's it's an it's the anxiety dream where you have a task or a place to be and you keep getting delayed and you can't get to it or people keep interrupting it and then right. and then suddenly they're like why aren't you there and you know the whole time you're feeling this like anxiety of like fuck i need to get there but i'm so you know, I focused have, on this other thing i have those a lot and it's kind of when i'm chasing something that's like pleasurable in any way or should make me happy versus necessarily like just a, a goal or a task mm. i want to say that's a flavor of it my friend she said to me oh those are frustration <laughs> dreams okay <laughs> and um be you saying that that's what that's how this scene played out yeah. too she gets the coins and get then gets them taken away sure and yeah. it really hit me too like you saw it coming when she um she sees like through a sort of a uh, a room with an outside wall and entrance that's like a face and inside oh, yeah. and through the door are people dancing and having the ball. Oh, right. And, and she runs up to the door and it closes. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, but then what always happens, then there's something else behind her that's like sort of ushering her in. Oh, come this way now. And that just captured that feeling so for like so hard for me. It's like, even though yeah. it is your dream in that the fragile way and our, uh, the the literal way <laughs> yeah it um you just can't quite catch a break and uh, i think that's why you know imagery plus just that feeling and how it did that i probably more accurately than i've seen in any dream mm -hmm. sequence in every anything you know um yeah, yeah it's my favorite it's a good it's a good baseline sort of place to depict right because everybody knows that feeling and even if you're not sort of like uh, it, on the surface, like keen into it, like consciously, like you'll get the underlying feel, mm -hmm. which is a good place to start. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I think a big thing for me too, s sort of to, to that point is the, the acting performances are you know, granted, there's a stylistic aspect to this of the time, but like they're fucking really good. Like they're doing what you do to in that style well, it, very well. I think it's that the subject matter fits the style so sure. well. Yeah. Like because it is that, you know, coming straight off of theater, the the director, right. Benjamin Christensen, who also plays the devil, uh, accident, oh. um, right? Thing of note, um, he comes from a theater background. Shocking, but then um, much to his dismay, kind of had to put that um, put that on hold forever because he had vocal issues. Oh wow, like serious ones. Well, silent film was exactly for him. <laughs> so getting to to translate that all the silent film and play this devil character and that acting style. So I guess what I was getting to, I started off saying point 
being. Like we have, you know, the older women character in it. She's so fucking who, good. And, or I should say characters like throughout, well, yeah. you know, who are all accused of being witches. And you can tell like them as well as, sorry, everyone in it, like you were saying, they have an awareness of how this was real stuff going on. Mm. So, and that's, that's serious. You can't get more serious, you know, than that as far as how people are treating each other. So to then put that, like it's fully deserving of being that dramatic in my eyes of putting that much weight behind it when it's someone's close up and they're right. crying, right. you know, it's like real stuff that's behind it. It's the realest thing. And we've talked about this a bunch when you're accused of something and there is no defense, that is so fucking scary. And to like have these, um, the close up, like singular portrait style shots of women's faces be like in that state of, of I'm fucked yeah. is so powerful and so fucking intense to to like experience it's amazing yeah and the faces that they chose like the the oh it's that the subjects that they chose to be those faces are are incredible right that that's just exactly one of my deepest horrors is that idea of no, like some yeah, someone torturing you to tell to admit to something that's not true, and like and then the 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 circumstances of the witchcraft is like oh, but uh, you know what we have a way of figuring this out. We're gonna drown you, and um, if, <laughs> if you are a witch, you'll float to the top. But if yeah. you aren't one, then you'll you know you'll die. But at least we'll know. It's like Jesus, oh like it's so fucking twisted <laughs> yeah it is so twisted you know what's really fucking twisted is that it's essentially what's happening today too like mm -hmm. the shit still goes on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right like creating these these totally arbitrary like metrics to get you to be right or wrong that's okay that so thing fucking scares the shit out of me like it, yeah. the, the the one that pops in at mind is the one where he's like if you're not a witch, you will be crying right now. And the woman's like, I just walked in the room. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Just you're 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 demanding that I do a thing that is incredibly difficult, if not impossible to do on command. So to prove my innocence of a thing that's so fucked this up. This is probably the thing I was thinking most on and like where the horror comes from in yeah. that and kind of a conflicting thing about that too. And I think a lot of why it's so and how I describe it is like their utter, utter certitude in the matter. And that is something we too still see today of like, this is the reality of the situation. You know, like when we've talked about people, you know, as we've put it, not being open mind, not being skeptical towards everything, mm -hmm. thereby they aren't true skeptics. Right. They aren't open minded to the idea that science has more to tell us about our world. Right. And um, and when you, I mean, of course, that's, you know, here, I mean, we, we still say we see people th are certain that it's OK to put kids in cages today. Right. Like what the heck? Like it's still happening in that sense. But. And, and nothing you can say yeah. breaks down their worldview of right and wrong in, in that context. So they're like, they're shocked that we are like, what are you doing? It's only a slow leading by example is how we progress yeah. as humans, I think. But you know, what's funny is that like there's a very, I mean, it's not funny at all. It's like it's extremely purposeful, I'm sure. <laughs> the the um, 
Willem Dafoe character in Lighthouse is basically doing what this yeah. movie is doing. Right, the utter certitude. Yeah, not I mean, like it's Lighthouse. So, oh my god. Um. Yeah, it's okay for me to to torture you to to paint to repaint everything or whatever he says. <laughs> right. Um. So, but trying to pick it apart of so I can kind of aside like the obvious of just knowing they're certain about these things that are wrong, like how to dive deeper into that horror. I think a part of it that is so disturbing is that I also, there's like a part of me that admires such like certitude. You, you know what I mean? I the, don't. There's you that part explain. of us. <laughs> I think to be, to be certain or to like carry out actions like like kind of okay oh. as a smaller example like you know i loved it so much in the film when they're like oh well uh i th- this male sparrow that i caught in may i boiled its blood you know that mm-hmm. kind of specificity and yeah. certainty yeah. behind that there's something um i don't know almost admirable to that because it puts you it puts you so like if kind of you know again like the the mentality philosophy how to how to be okay in life, how to reach a, a good place is you have um, your utter attention to the present moment. Right. And that a lot of times looks like a certain certitude. Yeah. L- I think there's something really comforting at times about an utter confidence to arbitrary thought or, yeah. or, or expression because the world is fucking nuts it's like, right it's like we're trying to pull meaning out of things all the time it's like That's look why at how um, we're built yeah a sand medalla like you know i don't even know what that is what's oh, a it's, sand it's like a meditation thing of you know oh yeah those like, are cool like slowly laying out um mm-hmm. you know different colored sand it's yeah. just it's the idea of something that takes a long time and you're just doing it with such extreme yeah. attention aka certitude i mean it's how con artists are fucking good at what they do yeah because they just say this is what it is well it's and we go wow it's that <laughs> yeah exactly cool. this it's, guy knows that he's talking about yeah it's that um it's that uh that uh, uh paradox of um you in we we require like questioning our human condition and and um how we're doing things in order to progress yet it is that very questioning that takes us out of the present moment Mm, mm -hmm. that's the horror i'm trying to get at yeah and people want to be they want to be comforted yeah and i love the kind of in-between stuff of um you you see that in the film where you know the extreme that we already talked about of what they're doing to these women but then also just like how the two women amongst themselves zero hesitation to use a extreme love potion on someone <laughs> like oh yeah you need a stronger one great i'll get it for yeah, you yeah. and then also like kind of a recurring imagery throughout the film is um sloppy intense eating like yeah. with your hands and that kind oh of gorging God. yeah like this yeah the um the slovenliness of yeah <laughs> of of men in a way i mean it's there's there is a lot i mean maybe i'm pulling this out of it but there is a lot of sort of like hanging as much as they the the story or the the emphasis is on how the culture uh, of the time or or the time that they're talking about depending on what section we're in has kind of hung women out to dry then there are these little like inserts of of I think kind of commentary on like yeah but look at the dudes who were doing it and they sh- they depict them in these like slovenly just sort of 
grotesque They're ways. nothing we want to aspire to be. <laughs> right. And I think that's a brilliant sort of point-counterpoint to have that's not really uh, – it's not said in any way. They're just, like the – the story is kind of just straight up saying, like, here's what was going on with witches, and we're just going to talk about that. But then there's this underlying stuff, imagery-wise, that is like, but also this is what we're talking about. Right. Which I think is fucking cool. It's just smart filmmaking. It makes like gives depth to what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope this uh, is taken as intended. Like, obviously, I'm aware, but, like, there is, um, you know, the the oppressor is being just as that's, that's where it's tricky to say that, you know, just as oppressed, I want to say, but like, but well, the, not that they're you, being, you know what I mean? It, like a light is being shine yeah. shown on them. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. important. That's what I'm trying to think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like you should be like, Hey, remember also like, fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Here, here. Yeah. Uh, um, specifics just from the beginning, the opening shot of the director where he's like, I, I think he even says like Benjamin Christensen is my name. I forget, but it's like, there's this opening shot. That's like first shot of just his face, you know, not in devil makeup. It was great. It was this kind of hadn't seen anything like that, but worked. So it was so much fun seeing his face come on. Yeah. And then that leads us into his tone, which I just thought like, which is the tone of the film and the way of speaking of things, which I thought was incredible how it was, super matter of fact how he's presenting everything like mm -hmm. oh here's this actual research this is what happened and then this and then this and this where it's um engaged yet indifferent it doesn't yeah. feel like it's trying to be extra extra scary or spooky or anything no yeah so, so therefore it it makes it that much scarier right it's just well like, it, here it, are the facts in and of itself it's kind of that certitude it's sort of like here it is yeah and then it was and then that was easy to then forget or make me forget that just how much imagination was on display once that came to the actual visuals oh and the creation of everything, because you're so caught up in that, um, in that idea. Oh, this is just, you know, the research being shown. Okay. Here's a reenactment, but it's like, there's so much creativity on display. Like yeah. I love, remember the early one where it's like the little maquette doll things of like the sort of scene of hell we just saw oh, in the trailer of fuck like, yes so cool yeah and, the the mechanized little he said he this is like a thing that he found like in the the oh i believe it yeah and i'm like fuck is that did it's that part of the film or did he actually find it yeah or did they did the filmmaker make the thing it's so fucking cool <laughs> yeah like this big either way and kind of like uh like it's a small world clinky dink yeah. like uh christmas display but I love that but he, hell he's like and look at like the intensity how how the I, th I can't remember the word that he uses but like the joy or revelry that these two particular demons uh take in like stoking the fire yeah and then it's like their their movements are just super like bah, 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 and it's fucking it's just fucking great right Wait, are you talking about to the the, the guy churning the pot? No, <laughs> so no, oh my peak. god, no! But that's amazing as well. One of my favorite things: the like faux masturbation of the devil with the, the butter churner. Yeah, where he's looking, Brilliant. he's looking ne right at like, whoever. Would never fly in the postcode era. No. You know, like they would be like, uh, "No, you need to go to jail." <laughs> <laughs> 
Not only do you have to cut your film, but also you're going to jail. Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. I think that's kind of what I mean about the huge like it to me. It's just humorous. Like I get joy out of seeing this that type of imagery because it's just like, yeah, fucking this is the world, dude. People Mm -hmm. are fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's it's cathartic, I think, because we have humans are representative. I mean, we're. We have everything in us. We are we are the world, you know, yeah. kind of uh, it, um, uh, physicalized in a way or whatever, manifested. Yeah. And so that means like that includes all the, the hell side of things. Like we have thoughts that would horrify us that we ever think like horrible things. Sure. And then luckily That's we like, have like what keeps us in line. Right. Having the thought and being like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Do what that. keeps us in in line is that outside observer like right. looking we always have that us looking at that. But um, I think there there is a a large undertone in this movie of what it means or how the culture of the various times looked at desire mm-hmm. and feelings of like sexuality or or um yeah, just like wanting to seek out pleasure, but knowing that it's not okay to do that. Mm-hmm. The the oppression of of having desire as a cultural thing. And like that to me is the larger undertone of all of these stories. The women are like, they're kind of set up being like, these are people who want a thing, like a, they have a desire, a sexual desire. And they're not allowed to express right. it. And so what's the result of repressing that desire? They like the nuns having their outputs like that. That's as clear of a fucking <laughs> right. thing. A nun who has like decided to be a, you know, a servant of God and like no longer be a like sexual person. So they've they've chosen to repress this part of them and then it's like for some reason when they all get together they fucking flip out it's like yeah no shit you'd flip out you've been imprisoning yourself in a bunch of different ways you really should watch the last film i recommended the devils i think you'll appreciate it okay yeah but i think that's that's an important commentary that they get away with here you know that probably wasn't super popular it still isn't that popular. No. Like women expressing themselves sexually is not is still not that popular of a fucking thing to put out in the world. I'm trying to think Which to, is fucking so dumb. I'm trying to think like how it's um Yeah, like like the, the how how they demonize, they witch eyes the, exactly. the younger woman exactly as you described, but then like the older woman too. It's like what is there in between? It's just it's essentially nuns that are the ones that are okay in their eyes. Right. Like Cause, cause yeah, you either have yeah the young woman, oh, oh too pretty, too much sexual desire. They must be a witch or the older ones who like, because they're lonely, let's say, or right. because they are actually even the opposite of that, finding joy in their, in whatever they do with their fellow women friends. Oh, that must mean you're a witch. Or, or even worse, because they no longer represent a sexual being because they, they've passed that in an age that they are invalid as a human and therefore we can demonize them as the bad guy as the other or like the 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 culprit of something yeah it's so fucked well up. and it seems though i mean i hope i'm not wrong in this but that it is the like single women or women who haven't married or have yeah. kids that yeah. are specifically I, th- that. I think there is something to that yeah. for sure yeah because the woman the oldest woman who sort of gets accused of witchcraft is 
basically it I think seems to be sort of just a, a peasant, like a homeless peasant who's who wanders around and, you know, asks for bread or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the town is like cool with her until they're not, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's a really scary thing. Well, the town's cool with her until all these clergymen or whatever show up. And it was there was that part in the movie where the narration of the description was like, every time the clergymen showed up in a town, there would be an influx of witches. What? Coincidence? Yo, <laughs> oh my God. Also, the fucking, I want to know if the statistic was right. They said something like, like 40 million fucking women were accused of witchcraft and like killed in this era. Would have been good to look up before the show. I don't know. Shit, dog. That's a lot. In a, like a 10-year period or something like that. Well, I mean, no, with this, the witch hunts were going on for a long More than that. time. Um, Either way, they're killing people for a thing that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Their so, fear exists. Yeah, that's true. Um, back to some of the set things. Do you remember in the early bit when they're describing how the, I think it was the Egyptians viewed the world and they built this cool set yeah. of like, like mountains in a valley and then like it, a dome over top it looks like, like, with hanging stars. Like, a, like flat earth models I've seen or something. Yeah, I know it did. <laughs> did but it, the, like fucking construction of that and how it's shot is just so right. amazing They said how everything me. was sort of surrounded by mountains, yep. that the, st- the sky was being propped up by those mountains yeah by the like the pillar like metal pillars mm-hmm. and he po- he takes the pointer and like points out each pillar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love that <laughs> so fucking good yeah and that's uh, that's what led me into that um what we already talked about this idea of like utter certitude of how is that any different really like the for those people back then oh yeah no this is the world great now i can continue on making shoes with my other certitude because i'm utterly certain about the sky being propped up by mountains on my side that's right like <laughs> the com- the comfort that comes with defining things mm-hmm. regardless of how wackadoo the de- definition may or may not be right you know it's just like if some authority comes in and says, no, 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 it's this. Actually, that made me... That's scary to me. I was... It is scary. And that's... I was trying to... Actually, my friend, I was trying to explain to him, like, flat earthers in that context. And, like, to make a point, like, no, I'm not I'm not a flat earther to make, to, to make that clear for what I'm about to say. <laughs> but, like, t- to make a point to him. And he's like, yeah, you know, because we... Because it's like, what you tell these people, like, oh, but we know that the that the earth is round and i was to, yeah, to make a point i'm like but you you don't know that like you're Correct. trusting that's right. our sources and that's where flat earthers come from as people like this that those tra- mm-hmm. it comes down to trust issues and control issues yeah. of yeah. not being willing to trust so it's like actually they're technically right when they say you don't know yeah. like but, you only it's like we don't yeah. know we're all not in the simulation it's that whole right but then when they like run an experiment that sort of backs up the science that brought the greater public to realize that the earth is round they're like this must be wrong and well, it's like yeah well, that's but the thing no, with these people it's like no matter what it is they always have some kind of right. like way to say oh but it didn't take this into account which is exactly what went on with the witch yeah, shit yeah exactly that's that right, shit they will just that. make up stuff and be like 
oh, she just sort of like, she just sort of proved that we're full of shit. So, but her shoes are brown. No, they don't have that thought of she just proved we're shit. They, their mind is just, oh, that's it, interesting. it works so quickly to, yeah. because that's their reality. They aren't consciously. You're right. You know. It's just on to the next uh, proof point. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, why would that be? Oh, because of this. It's yeah. not a. That's du- so fucking scary It's to not me. duplicitous. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's well, what's scary. Yeah, it's not duplicitous. I think that's a big part of what I like about the movie, though, is because it is pointing at that and then showing kind of the absurdity of it, you know, with all of the ceremonial, like, devil stuff and Satan stuff in the woods, like... Having people kiss the devil's ass is kind of a middle finger to people who believed in witchcraft or, you know, who who were the, the, the culprits of the witch trial type stuff. It's sort of being like, you guys are fucking dumb. Mm. You know, let's make fun of you. Wait, what do you mean? The- I'm saying like, it, I think that there's there's an aspect of... An aspect. Yes. An aspect of uh, irony, I guess, of like the depiction of the the lore around the witchcraft and around the like satan worship and demonology whatever that's kind of putting a mirror up to the people who who bought into that stuff and perpetuated the the like negative stuff that they used as a tool to like accuse people of things mm-hmm. um that's a I'm, that's a bad Wait, explanation how is that of connected what I'm saying. to kissing the devil's ass well i think that that like kissing the devil's ass is sort of represent representative of that thing it's kind of making fun of how fucking ridiculous the whole thing yeah. is well i don't because i see though that that is what that act what that act represents though is them saying we embrace this ridiculousness in the face of your normalcy. Like that's, I think who's the we in, in that the people sentence? kissing the ass, the people who are worshiping the devil are like, we are embracing sure. the devil in yes. us. In, inside of the, inside of the story. Yes. I'm saying as the filmmaker depicting that is sort of a, a reflection on the absurdity yeah, of how that act the world looked at all right. of this stuff. Well, I think it's both things. That, yeah. that's And that is why it's scary. And that's why it can elicit <laughs> laughter yeah. and horror. Yeah. Um, um, the There is a couple images that I just want to make note of here that I the, think are... How about the birthing scene? The birthing scene. Where the woman, she makes reference to like birthing devils or something and then we see it happen and it's like the devil creatures they're just like walking out of between her legs <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> it's so fucking good and, um that was great yeah and then like yeah you said um oh what is it like the, the cat people coming out of the church at night that was oh neat. fuck yeah i there is something about uh the how do I describe this for people to make – let them know which one I'm talking about? It's the scene where the woman is – it's a woman laying pro. well, she's basically laying on her side and she's naked and we're seeing her back. And the devil's long fingered clawed hands are reaching down and like poking at her body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, oh, God. There's something so – beautiful and like 
creepy and amazing. I don't know. It's very pleasing to me for some reason, the art, like the art direction of it, I guess. It makes me feel like I'm looking at some uh, Renaissance painting or something. It's just got this like really cool feel, but then it's got the gothic kind of you know, dark shit. Actually, very similar to the artist I mentioned a couple episodes ago, uh, Llewellyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, his stuff kind of feels very much like in that world or this world. And yeah, I don't know why it's so pleasing to me. <laughs> I think just because it's, I don't know, yeah. dark and fucking weird and cool and freaky and kind of is pointing at you mortality. Th- and You think like specifically kind of in the that that like the Dracula esque way of like in face like young womanly beauty like it, you yeah know, the opposite end of that kind of yeah I mean infiltrating if that right and I think if I'm kind of picking it apart I think there's something nice about putting what is considered sort of the imagery of fertility next to the imagery of death death and like skulls and like so it's sort of it's two ends of a spectrum of you know light life and death in one image yeah and then when it's this black and white or in these cases sort of the blue wash it's, whatever it's like, yang there's so much like contrast literal and figurative yeah yeah going on that i think there's something just really evocative and pleasing for me it's, about it it's pure it's whole yeah i i guess it was the last section I'm loving it throughout through the imagery before the imagery, but it was that last section that really won me over and took me by surprise where all of a sudden we had that real world context for this all again. Mm. And that's kind of like what I was saying with, um, Oh God, maybe this is a little different, but how I was saying the, uh, I guess it's the opposite for a reason. It was doing the same thing where I remember the lighthouse. I was saying by not knowing whether this is real or not, it makes it seem that much more real. Mm -hmm. This one, uh, how it, it affected me the same way, but it did it a completely different way where it's like you get so caught up in these recreations and the art direction and everything that you feel like you're just kind of watching a, a safe narrative film. Mm-hmm. But, and then all of a sudden when we zoom back out and go, Oh no, this is all, you know, real stuff as far as yeah. people's belief in it and yada, yada. And, and what it's people based in. actually got tortured with and, these tools, and you then, know, and, well, Killed more and- so than that, is there, again, like certitude and conviction in the existence of, you know, the devil and mm-hmm. and, th- and things like that, of that nature? Yeah. Because when you had the old woman as the actress who we've kind of gotten to know in this and have just gotten caught up in her performance, all of a sudden, you know, she says in real life, she let the filmmaker know in real life, this is again in the movie, like it's presented. Oh, right. she told me this woman. Uh, quote, the devil is real. I have seen him sitting by my bedside. And then we go directly then it's like, oh, and then now we'll show you what it looks like. And then it goes to the book and yeah. his pencil just points at it. <laughs> and I wanted to point out, just flashback, jump back to our um, our episode, Ermentari, the, totally the blacksmith and the devil. Yeah. Like the picture that he points to of what the devil looks like, looks like Sartell yeah. in that movie, which is like the goat legged yep. kind of demon top. And then... um. And then, too, the imagery that really got to me is like, oh, but then as time went on, rather than being visited by a little uh, a literal devil in the night, it would be represented by a cloaked doctor. 
coming in the middle of the night. Yeah. And that's who the the big bad in Airmentari is. That exact it looked exactly like that's that. Right. The cloaked doctor, a little more, you know, yep. like astute kind of smart glasses maybe mm-hmm. you know yeah top at that kind of look um but i mean when what i started oh, off saying man. with all this though was um yeah to all of a sudden just be thrown with like you have someone who you've almost gone to trust because they've shown you their vulnerability in their performance saying in real life oh yeah i've seen the devil yeah that's pretty sweet (laughs) (laughs) and then just that classic imagery oh yeah just sitting on my bed like well and i think there's kind of a furthering of that idea just in terms of filmmaking when you when you create a, a a fantastical world and you allow the audience to get kind of wrapped up into it and then you pull back and into reality you know when he uh christensen starts cutting to like the actual torture devices it's like it's it's reminding you how fucking real even though we've lived in this fantasy world for a little bit the actual ones used too i'm sure these are recreations the starkness of that like going from the fantasy world to this reality and being like oh yeah and just so you know what we've been talking about by and large was literally happening yeah um maybe not (laughs) maybe not the like witches flying through the air stuff but you know people believed it people bought it and the result of them buying it was pretty fucked up i think like there's you know schindler's list does Again, this to my point that i said to my friend about the flatters is tim you don't know right right no. right <laughs> yeah but schindler's list does this really effectively where you spend this whole time being in this black and white world and it's easy to kind of slip into the the narrative story of it all and then cutting from that to color and having the survivors walk over the hill and like lay, I think they lay stones down I don't remember exactly what the the act is but seeing the actual survivors and going oh right this story that I just watched was real people yeah. and there they are that is a super fucking powerful move to make in a movie. Yeah, especially when something's so stylized. Like, did you see Black Kukuka Klansman? I only saw the first half on a plane, okay. so not a, not a great uh, viewing experience. <laughs> <laughs> but just, yeah, interesting when that can work, when it's something that's so filmic and stylized. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Then, and then brings you back to, oh, wait, real, real stuff here. Real Dude, the guys. torture shit. <laughs> yeah. Go down that rabbit hole. Go into like fucking I've always, turn yeah. of the century or like I've always wanted to go like that'd be one of my turn of century, my first like stops when I go to London or whatever. I think there's those ancient I've, torture museums. I've been to a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. They're fucking awesome. There's like a dungeon museum that's really fucking like it doesn't seem like it's a uh how do I describe this? You don't feel like you're going somewhere that you should be going into. Yeah. You're sort of like, is this actually a museum or am I about to get murdered I mean, for real? When you're surrounded by, I mean, yeah, they're when they're real murder devices, they, they carry that memory on them. <sighs> you know, yeah. you feel it when you walk into a room filled with the things. Yeah. Like a little bit of time travel there, you know? Oh, for sure. Um. So, yeah, that last section really won me over. And then, and then too, just the way I love just how it got me thinking with the point that he was making that we kind of already said earlier, but just how relevant 
it is still today. We were talking about that in terms of the um, like suppression of women, the patriarchy, all mm-hmm. that. Um, but then the way as far as treating mental, how we view mental illness. Yeah. For me, that really got me thinking, and this is just, <laughs> I was just, I guess why I put this in what worked versus things of note is because how floored I was watching it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the experience of, of watching it and thinking that it could um, inspire these, these thoughts and musings. But it really got me thinking of how, like, I was, I was like, I want to see us. I want to see what you think of it, of how, like, our our society, the, the Western culture, capitalistic culture, it's all about assigning your worth to, like, how capable you are in the traditional, sorry, assigning your value yeah. to how capable you are in the traditional, like, working sense versus the idea that everyone just has inherent value like in that kind of you know the native american way the way that things things should be so so in that light when you have people are mentally mentally not able different what is our response in this world we brush them under the rug sure well let's how do we not think about them yeah it's the compartmentalization of value yeah it's like oh you you exist and are valuable if you fit into this compartment that we've decided is you know this particular thing whatever the fucking thing is able-bodied or something like that it's the same thing as when it's like when you compartmentalize a woman and say oh well her value is or her purpose is to have kids no it's fucking not like that's one thing that they are capable of but that's not their purpose that's not the only thing that they represent but like the world wants to make it simple Yep. And like put people in fucking very particular frameworks so that they feel comfortable. Do you think that and I hate that shit? Do you think that in a lot of ways ties to trust in the, the the world, as you just put it, where it's like we we don't see since we don't have that inherent value that we're giving you a big part of that is we don't want to trust you in a way. As far as like, because we, we still need it's 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 a form of control by not like assigning value to someone inherently, you know. It's like oh, you mean uh, from our end? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. As far as like, we don't give you. <laughs> well, no, just the world as you put it, the society, whatever. It's like um that and, and like to the the mentally you know different where it's we um by I don't know I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta see where I, was. I, so I like, think but, so. but we we take your we take your sense of autonomy away by saying you have lesser value. Not autonomy, but just again maybe worth or yeah. capabilities or it's just that kind of separation like you already said. Yes. Know. Yeah. Well it's a pro I mean, it's a problem. It's you can do it to anything, right? It's it's fucking arbitrary. You you Think, people think that they are the ones who get to decide how a thing is defined. Here, it's it's less maybe trust. I think it has to do with not the people. But here, it's more about power. And I was, I guess, what I was getting at is it's power and yeah. control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and what do those things do? Like generally, power and control. Like we seek that out so that we feel more comfortable. Right. But we have to be okay with being uncomfortable. That's how you fucking grow and progress. Right. Right, individually and culturally. Well, that thing that I think they're uncomfortable with, but in like terms of the 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 witch hunts, is they weren't willing to trust these women that maybe when they say I'm not a witch, 
you know, they can't right. give them that. Or when they say, I don't want to get married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? You know, like, <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Yeah, but man. that, you know, when you're. When you're the the um, the person who's in the 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 role of authority, the patriarch, you know, in this case, the sort of the patriarchy. If if somebody else's worldview doesn't fall in line with yours, you decide that you don't like it, and or that's I'd fucked say up. More so, th- yeah, threatens yours versus right. Sure, yeah, yeah. People want things to be in the lo- the lane that they feel most comfortable with. Right. And you as know? as you said, as a species we should always be that little bit uncomfortable. Definitely. <laughs> as individuals and collectively. <laughs> because uh the discomfort that comes from not growing, well, a shark if it doesn't keep swimming, it will die. That's right. That's true. So, there you go. Should we talk about what didn't work? Yeah. All right. <laughs> What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> I was lukewarm on the the pseudo documentary aspect, and I think only because. Uh, I was feeling I wanted yeah. more of a sort of narrative thing, but we, like we got it. It's just I don't know. I think it was that I was at the beginning. I was having those feelings a bit just because I was sitting there not knowing what it was, and I didn't know how long it was going to mm-hmm, go on mm-hmm. for. Yeah, but now it. But I mean, it's still a full two-hour movie. We get plenty to satisfy. No, you're and it right. Works. So it was all these. Yeah, the things like that, which I I agree with, and. You know, that thinking maybe it was a little slow. I think that's all first time viewing maybe, things. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess I, maybe if it had been, um, if it had been doled out a little more like in between the stories, I might have liked that better. Yeah, it's a little. But it's a choice. It's traditional and maybe more of the time of just yeah. like. Here's our first thing that we got to teach you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention in what worked, though, a very tiny aspect. Two things. I didn't mean to move on so quickly. Sorry to to circle (laughs) back a little. That just got me thinking how I thought the title cards were perfectly length. They weren't, it didn't feel like we were sitting there too long. Like a lot of movies are always do that. And of course, the original soundtrack, that is the version that you'll see. That's not the 60s version. If you seek out the film, it was incredible. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that actually. So maybe, okay, save that for things of No, I I mean I need clarification as to whether or not the music we're listening to was the original intended music. I believe so. Okay. So, if that's true, it there are certain pieces that don't work for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. There's well, a that's couple... good because we're in the section, but I thought, for and the I... record, I thought it was all great. I loved the music. By and large, I did too, but there are a couple brief sections where the music felt too happy and sort of up and jolly. And I was like, I it just didn't it... quite... I know what you're talking about, but those were those were the sort of middle like you will take whatever your 
projecting like from the scene mm. in order to then bring and you have to do that in order to have it mixed up otherwise the stuff that wants to get a little more obviously spooky mm. it wouldn't stand out you know yeah as much because <laughs> they have the, the piece changes but i don't know it would be different and it's and again, like something works where in the, the devilry, there's a, a sort of several celebration behind mm-hmm. it all. Like it's, yeah, there's, there's different moods. It is um, exploring. I mean, I definitely get it. I think it just from a personal aesthetic point of view, I would have liked more gothy, gothic I just up the Bach the whole yeah, time. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I didn't really have anything else um the only other thing that i could i it's mm, it's not that i well it's just sort of the style so it makes me wonder if because i know that the one of the versions i don't know if this is the 60s version had um actual narration spoken narration um i think that's what i read that that which version like the 60s one or yeah, something. Yeah, William S. Burroughs That's right. narrated the 60s yeah. one. And it got me thinking as to whether I would enjoy the movie more if I was hearing spoken narration. And partially because of the construct of the documentary, if having it spoken would have, I don't know, pushed it along a little bit for me. I think, I, I'm not yeah, sure. I think I was... F- I was feeling it too, as far as it could be nice to just be able to just to watch it. Right. And not have to feel like you're stopping reading. But the, here's the thing, like to, the written word is too perfect for like the tone of the, of the written words themselves. Yeah. Like to have anything spoken aloud, it'd be, I think, too distracting yeah. for just kind of letting the mood emerge from the music and imagery. So and, here, here's what I think actually I, I needed we were seeing the cool blue, like gothic text in Swedish, mm-hmm. and then we were getting a shitty white, yeah. like like courier new uh, <laughs> subtitle underneath that. And my brain, I kept trying to read yeah. the blue text, and I'd be like, "I, I how many don't, times did nothing. my eyes start there?" Exactly. Oh, like every time my eyes started there. So. I would have liked to put the English into the yeah the upper and just ha- just replace it with the same text uh, or the same font and color, but in English. I think that would have helped a ton right. for me to stay in the fucking like the I, vibe I, yeah, of the movie. I, I agree with you there. Um, I can easily argue for the other side. This is the purest point of view. I, get, I totally of get like, that. This language is part of the original language is part of the aesthetic. Right, this right. is how it was made originally. It just misses more. I wish I could just turn on a switch and understand other oh languages. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck. That'd be awesome. Um, but at the same, no, I'm, I'm with you as far as it was having that negative effect. But again, can argue the other way. Um, so the only other thing I have is sort of a philosophical question and, and maybe lack of understanding of the intention in the final bit about um comparing showers to burning alive <laughs> no um it felt to me like the majority of the movie was kind of having this commentary about how fucked up it is that the culture honed in on women or or individuals as as and 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 like you know 
demonize them, so to speak, or like, a, you know, hang them out to dry. Um, but then we get to the section of quote unquote modern and the um, hysteria construct. And then it, it, it made me, I, I couldn't quite decide if the, 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 the point of view was that this idea of hysteria, this condition of hysteria, does the filmmaker think that that's real and legit and was making the comparison that all along all of this stuff that was thought of as witchcraft or witches, that that was the the wrong thinking that it was actually all just hysteria or vice versa. And I don't know how I feel about that conclusion because then it seems like they're they're or they're they're saying that hysteria is a real thing i think it's pretty exactly comparable to what we talked about um pretty exactly <laughs> um <laughs> to what we said about the ending of the diatribe at the end of psycho of of the guy being like, this is how it is. This is this, our understanding, you know, as, as sure. kind of fact. And I think those terms like hysteria, that is just the current of, at the time, understanding of like, that is the latest science on this, you know? And it's, I think it's just a sort of catch all term for whatever, you know, people not doing so hot, uh, people going down a certain hole and, or the mentally unstable. And yeah, it, yeah, so I don't know. I just saw it as, as I, yeah. I guess, oh man, it's it's hard to piece, like to parse out what I'm trying to get at. The Is the filmmaker being self-aware in saying the world views hysteria? Is it, is it, is he outside of the opinion? Or is he making the opinion that hysteria is a legit condition? I don't think it's, I think kind of like the setup of just saying, here's what the, the historical setup, the matter of factness to that. Mm -hmm. the, it's the, uh, it's, it's opposite. It's, it's the equal, it's the equivalent of that. Just in the sense of saying, here is our latest sure. understanding. Sure. Like, in the, the 1919 it was they're suffering from hysteria you know, right. you know? okay i think that's but, but I, fine i'd like to think that um as a whole he's someone because like a lot of curious people are who just want to learn in depth as much as they can about a breadth of a subject that deep down there are people who are always questioning everything right. um but at the same time he's someone yeah who then delivers that all very just uh you know, how, how, whatever words they have to describe it, yeah. that the latest <laughs> belief is telling them. I mean, I think I kind of want to believe based on everything that came before that last kind of statement that there's a missing kind of footnote that would be Christensen being like, I don't fucking have an opinion, but this is where we're at right now. You know what I mean? Like he's not saying this is how he views it. He's just as saying far this as is specifically how the, world the term views it. hysteria. Yeah, and just the connection of like, you know, women women are subject to this like in, uh, affliction. 
Oh, you know what I mean? And it's like I didn't see. We the, know that that's bullshit. Right. I guess is that's that's sort of where you I mean land. about women specifically being yes subject. I think that was just. I mean, because he just had a whole movie that was focusing on you know female witches, right? And that he was going to use as sort of a modern example, like showing women in that position today still, right? To just make the point of how it's still going on today, not necessarily saying. I, I didn't get the sense that he was saying women are more susceptible to quote unquote hysteria. Right. Okay. Or that, yeah, I just, because now modern day, we know that that, like that whole idea is garbage. The ones in hysterics were the men doing this to the woman. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that just gave me a kind of a little pause to try and f- figure out what the fuck was going on. Or, or try to guess what was going on in, in the filmmakers, yeah. you know, point well, of view. Well, that feels pretty things of noty. So I, do you want to just get into that? Sure. All right. <laughs> Last official section here. Things of note. Things of note! <laughs> this should be interesting. Well, there's the alternate version we already mentioned. That's just worth mentioning. Is there's more than one, right? Um, Aren't there two? Well, there's the main one that so was recut in the '60s and kind of took on a new popularity. Then was whereas had the narration to William S. Burroughs mm-hmm. was cut down to I think the four segments and had this like free jazz soundtrack to oh, it. No. I, I watched some of it. Oh no! It's like yeah, I'm like after watching the original, I was that was my exact reaction. But uh, it was interesting because I could be like, <laughs> oh, with if you're seeing this for the first, I get how this was sort of. You know, and how we imagine the 60s scene being like why people were into it. Yeah. <laughs> totally it's like when it. I discovered Metropolis with the Queen soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I like thought it was cool. And then I saw a live like band that worked in metals. So mm-hmm. like not not like metal rock metal, but like in actual metals. And they built all this soundscape out of sheet metal and pipes and whatever and they found as much of the original score from metropolis that they could and composed off of that score and used all of the metal stuff for effects like lightning and thunder and like electricity and all that shit (laughs) and performed it live to the fucking restored film oh my god it blew my fucking mind <laughs> and it could never go back to the queen version obviously no, it's like <laughs> even even the actual soundtrack is incredible yeah dun dun bum 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 anyway sorry yeah that's but metropolis that, i love that that We're here thing about exists you know as a thing of note that <laughs> there was this period in time when people were like oh yeah let's go grab these old movies and redo <laughs> stuff in them yeah what the fuck? You know, but in in the long run, though, it's cool that it kept its popularity and sort of awareness yeah. up. That's Let's cool. Say that's the true. It's the silver lining there. Um, the a part I almost brought up earlier because I just wanted to question it. My question that I want to hear us attempt to answer when the last section, when the woman, the act, when he's like, oh, this, the actress wanted to try this thumb torture device. And we see her like <laughs> yeah, put it yeah, on yeah. and smile. And just kind of get a kick out of it. Um, What do you think was her impulse there? As to why she wanted to try it? 
Maybe she's a witch. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think that there's a fascination with the experience. Yeah. You know, and to to toe the line of pain or mm-hmm. or torture or whatever is a is a pretty like um uh what's the word? It it's I re- tit- titillating. <laughs> Essentially asking you, Tim, what is the appeal of BDSM? <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just that. It's it's torture in a safe place i just loved how like gleeful she looked like oh this is so fun <laughs> cool and then at this. the very end right before they cut you can see her going ah well, that fucking hurts i, I guess the yeah the, <laughs> the thing though that does separate it from snm or you know that it's always unique in this is that these old old torture devices i feel like there's also a sense in her that i observed of like wanting to uh empathize with people Mm -hmm. in that situation like where you you feel like you're kind of you're doing something to almost be like even though i don't totally feel you because i know i don't even think you would want this for me to actually be tortured i'm kind of like doing the motions as Mm -hmm. much as i can and there's a that's really wrapped up in a curiosity too well and you know maybe there's something to the shared experience and like the quote unquote the i've said that so many times What's wrong with me? Why do I qu- keep quote unquoting myself? The coven kind of idea that there is something to that. Like humans are attracted to the the f- belonging to a group feeling. And, yeah, yeah. And in the context of this and the context of patriarchy, women getting together and being in a group without men is so fucking threatening to certain men, right? And so I think there's an appeal. And maybe it is just something that, I mean, I guess I I feel this way in general. Like when you have a tight group of people that you share an experience with, it's your bond with them is really, really strong. Um, I don't know if as a woman that, that that exists in a in a different or more powerful way. Maybe it does. Let's ask some women we know. Um, but maybe there's something to that that is motivating the desire to have that experience of the torture device to be a part of that thing because yeah. that there I is mean, a pull to that. I have to admit, just like we had our experience, the, um, the bachelor party, the akin to the boys sleepover as a kid, that's unique. Yeah. Like, you know, there's the, of course, yeah. Women with women. It's always, you know, whatever it looks like is going to be special, different, unique. Yeah. And the difference between <laughs> the imagination of the male imagination of what that looks well, like as versus as what actually is. When, when going you started on. off, we went on this thread, thread <laughs> starting off mentioning like a coven that to connect to another thing of note, I thought it was really interesting. You see how this is uh, the filmmaker who made The Witch, Robert Eggers. It's his totally. favorite movies, of course. Shocking. Uh huh. And um, specifically, though, like I. What really tuned me into that and kind of how if the if he hadn't made The Witch, I would have wanted to make The Witch. It was totally like one of those films mm. that's just like, yeah, well, where, where's the good like modern just kind of like witch like sure. horror movie? And the point of inspiration I took that I think like I could see whether it was intentional or not is kind of thread was there was a moment in Hexen, Hexen, 
Hexon, <laughs> where <laughs> where um, it mentioned the, the witch's ointment being put mm-hmm. on. To, and then that uh, gives you gives them the ability to float or fly. <laughs> so then there's just a horror. Dude, so then there's this kind that of is so cool, right? Exactly. So how cool is that? And then for me, I, I think okay, how do you do a straight faced like horror film, serious horror film, and get us to buy that happening as like the reality of mm-hmm. it? So spoilers if you haven't seen The Witch, but that's the big ending of The Witch, and that would be. My answer to that is, oh, in order to buy like, you know, real people like getting to the point of this, this ecstatic flying is you, um, you make that the big climax, you know, everything, if that's so huge and hard for us to buy, make that the big thing you build to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just made me love seeing that connection between the films and how we got to see that film. And And also you reminded me of my favorite line of the the whole movie of this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you want to smell my ointment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. No, I don't. Do you, I don't even know if I want to No, We already talked about the witch hunt stuff, the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. We kind of covered that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, okay. We're, we're, <laughs> we'll be the first to admit we are the last people to be any kind of authority on this. <laughs> That's for sure. But, um, well, I've been to Salem, <laughs> <laughs> but do you think, um, do you think tip like witch hunt, the witch hunt could represent like patriarchy in its most extreme or peak patriarchy? Cause this, I, I want to say by the very fact that it now still exists today is like it'll only be a higher higher peak but at the same time just the idea of like literally you know holocausting women it feels like that's that's just yeah patriarchy sexism at its utter worst extreme you know i think it's it's always at its worst yeah you know like like no matter what the there there's always going to be a group that picks another group yeah i think there's says that 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 other group is other and they're evil yeah yeah, and they have bad intentions and they it's a it's a fucking tool when you have something that's so evil there's no lesser evil we have an awareness of it that we have more nowadays doesn't change how no horrible it is there's always going to be a third of the fucking population that buys into this bullshit of of demonizing a group until the two-thirds says no more i guess and enacts that into law <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> and, but then, even so, and then generations go by and it's uh no longer an issue of is it in law or not right but it's always i think it's just a matter of maybe brain type or something like that, that some percentage of people are always going to buy into or be uh, easily swayed or affected by that way of looking at the world. Yeah. And and so the insidious part is the motherfuckers who know it's bullshit, who use it as a tool to keep that third of the population on their side. More and more, I don't... (laughs) See, I might be going – I've had this conversation before with a friend where I'm like, they know better. They might not. I think they feel it, but more I, – I I'm not saying exclusively at all. But just like the sense that I get like where we're last election cycle, I was so caught up with, you know, 
with um I don't mean to get political. How do I talk around it? <laughs> Too late. <laughs> but just the just um you know the, the, you say the news, let's say talking around or ignoring the more progressive candidates, mm-hmm. let's say, and really that being hard enough just to say, well, then that's so obvious. There's got to be an awareness. But I feel, you know, an overall awareness. Now, I, I'd still yeah. absolutely open to the idea that the people really in charge are entirely aware because they're the ones who have all the money are being threatened. But at the same time, as far as like the the pundits, let's say, just sort of the the status quo right, right. of the pundits, you see more and more when they're being then exposed. But when they are like those those brief moments where they are being sort of sat down and maybe explained something, um, you see the genuine kind of like, oh, I never, yeah, I never, okay, well, well okay, and right. they're either going to meet that with an initial like scorn or curi- you know, or hopefully curiosity. But you see, often it a lot. it's a just a patent rejection of it because right. it's it's like no 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 i can't go there that's that the fucking that chuck todd guy is that exactly <laughs> oh is he <laughs> i never pay attention to him <laughs> oh man yeah it's just isn't it your job as a news person to be like open and just curious and then like ask them the no, thing then well, decide like you would why, think why have such a predisposition no. to like <laughs> this is <laughs> not everyone's that way but what were you gonna say Sorry, i just Jim. think you know we pe- there's there's people who we all are looking at the world from a point of view that makes sense to us and so like i often have to stop myself in thinking like how come this person doesn't this person realize you know fill in the blank and the answer the answer is no, it's they an, don't. Right. Or maybe they do, but most likely they don't. We, as people who are maybe I like, I think I over analyze or examine things like I that's, you know, not maybe to a fault, maybe not, whatever. That's just part of who I am. I'm a person who does that. And it's really easy to think that other people also do that but yeah. they don't it's some people do some people I don't think the status quo is inherently on autopilot often yeah and and it's only you know when we we progress when that status quo is challenged right. and people are gonna react in uh different ways to especially when it reaches such a point that's a real paradigm shift yeah that's when it can be met with um you know hesitation and scorn well and think about the context of when this movie was made and how things changed maybe not coming off world war one yeah maybe not because of this movie but like when did the code come in like 32 or something like that no i I think later later than that oh yeah you're right it was later but but like these movies like this were made and people had a reaction to it and I don't know how influential this particular movie was, but probably fairly, you know, it's still around. We still like go to it and talk about it. So things like this were pushing that status quo most likely. And and in this case, I think there was a reaction maybe due to very, I mean, obviously due to various things culturally that shifted for people to go, huh. Ah. It's too much. Like, we got to wrap it up and, like, make rules and stop because we don't want to expose people to this craziness. Yeah. Right? So, the pendulum swings in both ways dependent on who 
you know, is pulling the levers of, of power. Yeah. And so, you know, we go through these cycles of, <laughs> you know, things being kind of people like certain people getting into power and being like, no, we're going to fucking put a put a stop to a bunch of stuff. And sometimes the stop the or sometimes the stuff is what you and I would consider stuff that shouldn't be stopped. And sometimes the stuff is things that we you and I would consider is stuff that should be stopped. Right. I think that's something I always have to... And it to... just is... It's a, It's kind of right. undulating well, all the time. I try to have... I guess... I, I, I try to... I, I do... I think... I acknowledge that we're all like on a spectrum for a reason and we will... There is like a natural balance, sure. I want to say, playing out exactly as it should because it is so easy to get caught up in... If I think like, yeah... I'm someone who's like, this is how I see the world being. And I think I'm like good at having that sense. Mm -hmm. I'm like, just get there as quickly as possible. Right. And then, um, but then I get so frustrated when pe then people respond with, oh, oh, let's not rush into anything. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, when did I ever say that? Of course, right. we're going to think about how to do it right. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to say this is where to get to. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with saying that. It doesn't mean thought isn't going to get put in it. Right. But it's, it's, it's like our numbers our podcast numbers mm -hmm. as long as the low points continue <laughs> to never dip below the last low point yes then we're we're moving forward and that's yeah. the slow you know crawl of progress or whatever the the quote is you know it, as long as it's moving generally in a upward way but yeah we're cool god that's the the moral the, the the moral compass is or the, you know, it's yeah, whatever whatever yeah, yeah, but yeah, in the end it's it good <laughs> right <laughs> so you know i yeah i believe that yeah um and it's cool that that in film we have these things that exist like they're on they're they're tangible things that we can look oh it's at. so important that's another one of my favorite quotes is that i actually know is let's see uh art is how we know ourselves yeah. Yeah. And we get to have these things saved. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've obviously in history lost a fucking ton and of stuff. Th thing of note aside is most of this dude's films, like after the fact and before, a lot of them are lost. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, well, fuck, dude. At least this one. <laughs> yeah. This one didn't get lost. Cause <laughs> holy shit. And uh, yeah, thing of note there too. Um, it's not lost. In fact, the Blu-ray, I'll say, is the way to go because I was uh, referring back to just the um, the version on the Criterion Channel that's streaming, and it that looked like it was the earlier like 2000s restoration. Really, where they the did even another one most recently, like in the last few years, that is exclusive to the Blu-ray, and like I was so impressed. Like the thing that kept that kept. Uh, I want to say strong as being floored, but the thing that really just kept getting me and I think <laughs> helping me to engage with the film was how the Blu-ray didn't have any like um, film gate jumping or weaving. It was this steady, steady oh, image. Right. And then yeah, just looking at the amount of um, lines and debris and all that too on their previous restoration, it's a world of difference. Like so incredible. Like they really got the film looking like probably the best it's ever looked. Right. Well, and, and just amazing. a big part of that, I, it was just cool, that no gate jumping, no, like super steady. It was really, really worth seeing this way. 
Did you have in your notes, I, I don't remember where I saw this and I didn't look close enough, the cost of the re- the most recent restoration? I thought I saw a I number that it. was like $2 million. <laughs> wow. And I was like, holy fuck, is that true? And now I can't find where I saw that. Seems but... like a bit much. But, uh, hey. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe not. I don't no. know. Yeah. I mean, anyway. if it took that long, I think it took a few years, then yeah. that can add up. Um, yeah. Man, that poster is so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the makers of the Blair Witch Project, their production company for that production was Axon. Oh, as cool. As a tribute to this film. Nice. Um, you remember you were talking about at the beginning how... Oh, it's Danish. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> That's what Wikipedia says. It's Danish. Hexen. At the... Um, hmm. At the beginning of the film, oh, you were saying Swedish, Danish. Yeah. Help me clarify. Remember exactly what you're saying, but something about how like we forget that in 1922, people like were also like how we are now. Of totally. just they weren't all like, "Hey, how's it going?" Da, da, da. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. oh, the humanity. You know, it, was, it wasn't just people were smart. They had an awareness. They're like right. how we, it wasn't that long ago. They um, read. They read everything. Yeah, like they knew way more. Like literature like historical literature like they knew it so like we know movies you know what i mean so this this uh quote just uh about the film from a critic for the new york times in 1929 which just in itself was just emblematic of that exactly what we're saying like oh yeah like film critics were yeah 20s too and right for the new york times like so not used to seeing that back then but his quote it just sounded like a person that's like oh it could have been written today his quote was um the picture is for the most part fantastically conceived and directed holding the onlooker in a sort of medieval spell most of the characters seem to have stepped from primitive paintings oh man so true yeah but just like yeah, like plucked from any lab the last hundred years that could yeah, be written. I think what I'm saying in regards to that, the dissonance that we feel between how we view modern day and how we view the past of any era, really, is that we're basing our viewpoint on depiction, mm-hmm. right? And that's, it's been colored. It's it's not real. It. It, it's it's a it's been shot in black a, and white a, and then put color over it <laughs> yeah it's an approximation of of an era's reality well and why, so like yeah. when you think about it the yes there are obvious differences of like lifestyle and like language and and certainly behavior to certain degrees but on a fundamental level a hundred years ago Shit was not that fucking different but, in yeah. terms of the actual individuals, like, you know, persona, how they fucking feel, like their desires, you know, the their exposure to art in the world. Well, that could be varying depending on class, but whatever. It's not that different. No. Is it, I guess, and just I, my point. I think the nail on the coffin is when you said their feel, because yeah. that's what's so incredible about film to me and i think why i love it and pursuing it is um this and if I, again let's say it's a form of time travel is yeah. like the feeling is the thing that's the handshake across yeah. time that this movie just gives us oh there's the feel right. associated with it that's can only come from this medium yeah but the human experience the baseline things 
of the human condition, so to speak, is things, feelings of, you know, really fundamental things, guilt, pleasure, desire, love, uh, heartache, um, compassion, you know, like all of those things, they're consistent. They've been consistent in humans for fucking ever. Yeah. And to remember that and be able to kind of be transported to a time still with that fundamental baseline to me is really fucking cool and exciting. And it's especially cool and exciting. And why we have a whole podcast about it is when it's <laughs> yes, fear. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. And what's driving it? Because it's going to be some of all of these underlying things. Yeah. Pride, guilt, stress, whatever. So, yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah, this was man. a good one. Great. I'm glad the witches made me pull it. You do me a favor when uh, posting it and stuff. You try to put the little umlauts or whatever those are called. Yeah, over I can the a. yeah, I can definitely do that. I've learned how to do that. Hickson, Hickson. Okay, do you gotta? That's that's if that's it for for you have it. Uh, yeah. Hickson. Hickson. I don't. I don't know where you're getting that off of. I don't know if that's actually right. I'm getting it out off of how to pronounce dot com Swedish. Oh, got it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, do you have a? Should I put in Danish? Maybe it's different. If, if we're wait, whatever. If we're <laughs> Tim, how about a recommendation? If we're done with Hexen, but we aren't done with Hexen because you gotta look this. Um. Ah. Uh... Hexen. Oh, that's the Danish one. <laughs> that's aggressive. Yeah, so my recommendation, <laughs> recommendation uh, I was torn because I had a couple, but I, I want to go to a book because I haven't done a book in a while. And there is a book called The Big Nowhere that is a, it's one of the first detective novels that I picked up. Uh, I think I read it when I was like 20-ish or something like that. I had kind of read m more like fantasy stuff prior to this. Um, but it's by James Elroy, who's the guy who wrote L.A. Confidential. It's actually the f second book in that L.A. Confidential uh, chronicle. I don't know what it's called. I think there's the first one is the Black Dahlia. The second one is big nowhere i think the third one is la confidential and i think there's actually a fourth one called white jazz so whatever you call four books in a series um the to me big nowhere is by far the best of those uh and it is fucking disturbing and dark and has some really great graphic shit in it like graphic like graphicness um and it's about if you're at all interested in L.A. and like the history of L.A., which is a fairly young city, it takes place in 49, I think, 49 or 50. And it's about the police force and like the shit that was going on. James Elroy's dad was a, like, on the like police L force. Like L.A. Confidential. Very yeah. much so. It's this. There are some characters that are in both. Um so it's it's just one of my, it's like one of the few books that I've read multiple times 
It's so fucking good. So if you're into detective novels and like dark shit, like because it's about a killer and, you know, a serial killer in that in that era and the police force and a few different um, policemen and detectives that try to solve the case kind of thing. It is so fucking good. Yeah. Make me want to read it. Oh, it's I want to read it again. (laughs) They have somebody's got to have the rights to it and make a movie out of it. It's so fucking good. Um. My recommendation is dark as well, but I want to say more in the uh, morose sense. Mm. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, maybe that's, I don't know if that's the best word. Um, but I watched last night, it's an animated film from 82 hmm. called The Plague Dogs, directed by Martin Rosen, who made Watership Down. Oh, yeah. So it's about two dogs you know, they, they, they talk and stuff. I hear them. But super... This is the word I was looking for. It's one of the most somber, bleak films. Oh, cool. That I feel like I've ever seen. Um, but I got caught up in this story, Tim. It's about these two dogs who are being, like, held... Um, where they're being tested on and, you know, with all these other animals mm-hmm. and tortured. And it's... You're like, oh, Jesus. this is real, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's that setting and we, we see it all and kind of thing. That's You know, it's anime. This is not a Disney film. Um, <laughs> and it's all about their, their, their you know, they, they escape at the way beginning then it's about their subsequent kind of like people hunting for them and then they're just kind of dealing with the real world and they're like, they each have their own big like psychological issues that have only been exacerbated by being, you know, by the test done on them and whatever. <sighs> It's pretty, in, it's it's really intense. And then just this, like, this ending, too. Um, the, I watched it on the Criterion channel, and I learned there is an actual, like, longer full version that mm. is, just became available on, thanks to Shout Factory on Blu-ray. Hmm. And uh, that's the one, I mean, if this film had been that much longer, assuming then that would have made the ending that much more impactful, I'm sure that's the one to watch. But it was still perfectly great, the one that was available streaming. Cool. So it's called The Plague Dogs. Man, I haven't seen a good yeah. uh, animated movie in a while. Yeah, they're, they're accused by the media of like having uh, whatever one, one of the plague diseases or something. <laughs> so people are hunting for them. Oh, boy. <laughs> cool, dude. Yeah. My turn to pull from the hat. It I is. have no idea. Oh, I'm, I'm it must ta- be, right? <laughs> the witches pulled the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Through via Tim. That's right. I am a conduit. And let's see what I conduit here. Oh, smaller one here. <gasps> Shocker. One of Tim's favorite oh, words. Oh my god. Shocker. <laughs> this is. I have seen the poster for this movie like my this whole is, life. This is the. Oops, I just put it back inside. So mm, great. Uh, this is the Wes Craven one, right? I believe so. Yeah. Cool. It's like, it's, it's like about a dude who gets um, the electric chair. Yeah, and I yeah. Think he comes the, back to life or something or haunts. That I recognize yeah, too. exactly. I've seen the cover a thousand times. I'm sure I cool. just put it in there. This will be kitschy. Yeah, trying to fill in my my Wes Craven nice. you know, uh, filmography. Hell yeah! Great. All right. Well, cool. it's it's meant to be. There you go. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. So then you could watch it with us or talk about it with us yeah. next week. We'll be back. For Shocker. Yeah. Like from uh, 1989. Hit us up on Instagram uh, or Twitter uh, or Gmail. All of those are dismembering horror except for Twitter, which is dishorrorpod. Yeah. Great. 
I think that's it. Yeah. So then in closing, everyone, we mean it. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>